I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. Hey, Browns fans. Odyssey is doing something special for this year's NFL Draft. Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenforo hosting the 2023 Odyssey Draft Show. Join them. On the first night of the draft, they talk with local experts from Odyssey podcasts across the country. I'll be joining them because, well, basically, I have nothing else better to do Thursday night. The Browns, of course, do not have a pick and are taking the first round off. But leading up to the draft, don't forget to check out Baldy's podcast in the huddle for his expert prospect breakdowns. The draft show starts Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Listen on the free Odyssey app and watch on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. We love that you're on board and that you're listening and trying to get up to speed on what is going on with your Cleveland Browns. Obviously, draft week this week, it'll be uh, a very boring first night unless for some reason someone wants to take all of our picks and give us a first round pick over. I don't know anybody in the world that would want to do that, but uh, I would not expect the Browns to try to make a play to get into the first round. And who knows, maybe they will try to get into the second round. Daryl, do you think the Browns will be try will try to be active during the draft and try to maybe move up. No, because I think Andrew Barry thinks he's such a good evaluator of talent and GM that he doesn't have to. Like, I, I, I think that if he moves up, it's going to be in like within the third round. Now, it, it, so it was funny as he was leave, leaving the media room Friday from his pre-draft presser. I, I joked with him as leaving. I said, hey, if you, uh, if you make a Mike Ditka, Ricky Williams type of a trade, you will receive GM of the year votes from this room. Trade all the picks for one pick. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, the hell are you talking about? And then he gave like the courtesy laugh <laughs> and then he just walked out of the room. But I, I, I don't think that he, uh, I, I just, he doesn't strike me as a trade up guy. He strikes me as a maximize asset accumulation type of a, a GM. And I think that his history, Andy, has really borne that out. He's not been shy about making trades. Uh, and then also, too, let, let's keep in mind, um, they have more picks next year than I thought. They, ha- they have like seven draft picks next year, believe it or not. Hmm. Well, Daryl, let me, let me dive into that a little bit, too, because Jeff and I tried to dive into this 
uh, in our show, and uh, we have much different theories. I'm curious to see how your theory matches up to mine. So if you look over the past three years, um, Andrew Barry will have had 32 picks after this year's draft if, and that's a big if, if the eight picks of this year hold. And that also leaves you with just one draft pick that he made that is not with the team, you know, as of the end of the draft this weekend, and that's Richard LeCount. Yep. So my question to you is, do you look at that as, hey, we're so egotistical that we don't think that any of our picks are ever bad and we're not going to walk away from them, or that they are, and this is what Mary Kay Cabot said on our show today, that they're trying to build a minor league and uh, they want to hang on to their own guys for as long as they can and try to figure it out. And then I have another part to this that I'll get to next. But so for me, I think it's a cross between both. Like, I think draft picks are a crapshoot anyway. You're lucky if you get two or three to stick. And that's even the good teams over three, more than three years. You're really lucky if you do. So I, I think part of it is hit or miss. And part of it is just like, okay, we're taking guys in the sixth and seventh round. And, you know, maybe they'll be free agents. Maybe they'll be on the practice squad, whatever. I, I sometimes think we over overvalue picks. And I do think that they lean on their picks way too much to build the foundation of this team. And I'm kind of surprised, especially with a few guys that are still hanging around and if they'll be around uh, for the next few years, your thoughts. Yeah. I, here's the problem. You can't build a minor league with a 53 man roster. You can do it with a practice squad. Um, And that's why I've kind of made the joke this year that that's what he's doing. He's drafting his practice squad this year because, and he even admitted himself uh, Friday in his pre-draft press conference, Andy, that, Hey, um, the odds of you finding starters and top tier role players rounds three through seven in a draft, they're, they're not great. You can still do it. And obviously he's going to try and do that. But like, I just don't believe that his draft picks are as good or worthy of being hung on to as long as they've been hung on to. Because the more, the longer you hang on to guys that just aren't that good, the weaker the depth of your football team is. And, and that's kind of like my concern with the Browns. Like, what has hurt them the last two seasons? What has absolutely killed the Cleveland Browns the last two seasons? Trying to stop the run? That's my number one priority. I, I was going to say depth. The depth. depth. Of, okay, that's fair. Like, the, the depth of the team has not been good enough. And he's using the depth of the team for his draft picks. And I just, I disagree with that philosophy. You can either play or you can't play. It's that simple. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think that you're going to develop many six-round picks. Now, Donovan Peoples-Jones is an exception. MJ Emerson, I'm going to give him credit for that. That was another real strong find late in the draft and he looks like he's a ball player but like in the nfl andy like you're tasked with winning immediately andrew barry with all due respect like i think he's gming this team like he's gonna be here in three to four years and i got news for you if this team doesn't start making the playoffs soon you ain't gonna be here so it's not gonna matter like he this year his decision making process on the final 53 has to be all about winning he cannot for one second, think about we're going to draft and develop. Now you can do that with the practice squad. And as we've talked about and mentioned on, on a previous podcast, Andy, it's going to be easier this year. Everybody around the league, 1100 players are going to hit the waiver wire on the same day as every team in the national football league will go from 90 to 53 players on the same day. So it's going to be easier to get your draft picks 
through waivers and on, and onto your uh, practice squad. But I, and that's good news for Barry because again, this is this is they have to make the playoffs this year. Like they have to make the playoffs, right? Would you agree with that? That yeah, I think they do have to make the playoffs. And Daryl, I like I keep wondering. Are fans going to give him a free pass on this draft because he doesn't have a first or second round pick? And I think the answer is no. Like, I think that somebody he picks in the third round is going to have to stick in, and be a contributor well, this no, year, not just, you someone know. he picks in the third round, fans are going to act like he's the guy's going to be a starter. And he's Bo Bell, baby. Bo Bell, right? Fourth round pick that everyone's like, oh, we got Bo Bell. We got this linebacker. He's going to be great. He's going to be starting. I'm like, are you, we picked him in the fourth round. I know. Like, what do you think? And am I right? That's not the example. That you're, is you're 100%. Well, I, and I'm going to say David Bell last year because, and, and, and I've said this and I always hold myself accountable to stuff that I say, uh, look, I gassed him up a little bit too. I thought that he was going to be a major contributor as a rookie. He was the best receiver in college football, especially in the big 10, right? Daryl, um, I don't think they gave him the opportunity to live up to the hype that we I, wanted to give him. If you watched him at Purdue, you know that he can contribute, but you got to get on the ball, and they never did. I understand that, but my point is that I was telling people, oh, yeah, this dude's going to have a major impact this season, and he didn't have an impact, regardless of if it was because he didn't get opportunities or he, was, he wasn't good enough to be on the field to get those opportunities. All that aside, my point is I was, like, I, I was even thinking, hey, this is a guy that they drafted in the third round that's going to step on the field and be an immediate offensive contributor. That never materialized last year. So that's why I just I want to temper people's expectations. Yeah, they've got uh, two third-round picks, number 74 and 98. They've got two fourth-round picks, 111 and 126. Two fifth-round picks, numbers 140 and 142. A sixth-rounder, 190. And a seventh-rounder, 229. And I just I'm going to caution people not to expect – that these guys are going to be immediate impact players. The hope is right. Andrew Barry's drafting these guys with that thought in his head, but I just, I think fans need to temper their expectation about what you're actually going to get out of this draft. Like MJ Emerson last year, great pick, right? Got a lot out of that dude as a rookie Donovan people's Jones. It took three years to get something out of him. Right. Um, so I, again, I just, I, I just want to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on the expectation of fans because, look, you know, with all due respect to Andrew Barry, like he's not Houdini. He's not going to be pulling rabbits out of the hat during the draft. We hope he is, right? I mean, the, the Browns kind of need him to in some respects, but like to be fair to Andrew, yeah, I mean, rounds three through seven, th those are crapshoot picks. The picks that you expect to be something – all your first and second rounders. And this is going to be the second straight year where he doesn't have a first or a second rounder. Now, granted, he used those to acquire assets. Deshaun Watson is the first round pick last year. He's the first round pick this year. He's the first round pick next year. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Elijah Moore is your second round pick this year. So, th I mean, that's also, too, sometimes I think how you, how you have to think of those draft picks, Andy, that you don't have, that you spent. Hey, Elijah Moore is the Cleveland Browns second round pick this year. And guess what? That's a pretty damn good second round pick. Like Amen. You're not, I, I totally you're not, agree. You're, you're not getting Elijah Moore in the second round. And if Deshaun Watson's what you think he is, he's your first round pick too. It's always game day in Cleveland. Is there a writer? I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, we're going to go inside Berea. We're going to talk about that. We've got some musings from around the NFL. And uh, we want to talk a little bit more about the draft. That's all straight ahead right here 
on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Listen up, people. Mobile sports betting is finally live in Ohio, and BetQL wants to help prevent you from making bad bets. In order to win big, download the BetQL app today and instantly get their models, best bets, live public info, sharp data trends, and much more right at your fingertips. Use code OH25 for 25% off your first month. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Draft later this week. We're not expecting to hear the Browns get their name called until the third round uh, on Friday night. Daryl, what do the Browns need to do and what kind of expectations can you have for any rookie that joins this team? Because when I look at that roster, maybe somebody could break through as a linebacker. Maybe somebody could break through on the defensive front that gets picked. But I, I'm not I don't see that. I think that's highly unlikely. What do you I, think? I have four positions of need that they have to address. In no particular order, they need to address offensive line. They need depth there, right? They need to address wide receiver because they need more depth there. And, well, let's just be honest about it. Anthony Schwartz hadn't been great. So um, they also need defensive lines, defensive tackle, defensive ends, right? And then linebacker. So those are my four positions of need. I it to, Immaterial. Where you address those, as far as I'm concerned. So do you have a ranking of those four or no? I would probably say defensive line is one. Offensive line is two. Because I just, I, I feel like there, a premium has to be put on the trenches, right? Games are one in the trenches. So, and then linebacker would be three, because I just feel like that's a position where uh, they need to shore up the depth. And then wide receiver is four. Help, bringing in Elijah Moore this offseason, Andy, in my view, helps out a lot. Plus, two, when, when when I look at that position group, like I, I kind of want to see, you know, I don't want to necessarily give up on Anthony Schwartz. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to see. So how does that get fixed? Let's go there. Because I, I, I like I'm looking at the numbers game. Schwartz is maybe and I'll go back and look at it here in a second. But he to me, he is our number six wide yeah, he's, receiver. He's, yeah, he's fighting for the number six wide receiver spot. Let's let's be honest about it. Um you know, Amari Cooper's your one. Donovan Peoples-Jones is your two. Elijah Moore's your three. Um, David Bell's going to make the team, so that's four, right? Right. Marquise Goodwin, who they signed this offseason, he's five. He's going to probably make the he's, – he's going to make the team. I shouldn't say probably. I apologize. He's going to make the team. That's why he signed him. Jakeem Grant, by the way – oh, by the way, Jakeem Grant is back. We forgot about him. Right. He's now six, Right. So now how does... Well, do you just want to call him a special teams guy? And by the way, if you give up on Demetric Felton, then you've given up on one of the draft picks. But, the, but the, well, that's the thing. I don't think they're giving up on Demetric Felton. Um, I, I don't see how Anthony Schwartz is on the roster. I, I don't, I don't Unless either, they have injuries. I, I just, I don't. And, you know, they, they got a little bit of a log jam there. Um, but remember, and, and here's, and then you say, okay, well, Daryl, if they, they get this log jam, why would you say wide receiver? Well, my, because Marquise Goodwin, he's, he's a one-year contract. Um, you know? How about uh, Marquez Stevenson? Uh, not Marcus. Um, Jalen Darden, the guy from Tampa Bay, was another yeah. guy that they brought in. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's just it's a very crowded room. But when you, to your point earlier, you made about you know Andrew Barry's trying to build a quote minor league or whatever. Right. So as far as depth goes, well, guess what? You, you need some wide receivers because uh, they'll eventually have to make a decision on Amari Cooper's long-term future, right? They're going to have to make a decision on Elijah Moore's long-term future. They're, they're going to have like Donovan Peoples-Jones is, is, you know, he's three years in, right. he, he's a 2020, 
uh, a pick, right? And he's on the he's up for extension. You got to figure out: Do you extend him? Can you? Uh, you've already spent so much money at receiver there. Can you spend even more money on Donovan Peoples Jones? I mean, you look at the running back situations because Demetric Felton is that switch. He's that Swiss Army knife. He's he's a running back slash receiver. But your running back situation right now is Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, John Kelly. Uh, they got this Nate McCrary kid. Um, and and then Demetric Felton, right? So the running back room is, is kind of crowded. So hang think- on, but, but even as we get into this numbers game, though, Daryl, I mean, if you're talking about, like, I would think you're probably a healthy six wide receiver room, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, maybe sixth. I'll even give you the seventh wide receiver. I'll say Jakeem Grant's your seventh receiver because he's he's your returner. Okay, I'll buy that. So now you've got seven wide receivers. Now you've got if you want any depth uh, behind the offensive line, you have to ask yourself, okay, what's Kevin Stefanski going to do at tight end? Because we know Kevin Stefanski likes tight ends, and I don't see David Njoku going anywhere. I don't see Harrison Bryant going anywhere. Right. And uh, Jordan Atkins, they brought in from Houston. He's not going any. He's here. So now you're talking about three tight ends, maybe seven wide receivers, and you're probably going to keep three running backs, right? Yeah. I, I don't see where Anthony Schwartz is on the roster when the season starts. It's it it's really hard to see it. I I, I totally understand. Like it's really hard uh, to see it because, quite frankly, any they're just they're in room, and he's not been good enough to bump anybody else out. So um, that that becomes a tough spot for Andrew Barry there. I don't. The only place where I I really thought that he could be something would be you know kick returner or punt returner. But you've got Jakeem Grant for that back next year as long as he's healthy. Yeah, and, and that's um, and that's that's a big if. Um, it, that is an unknown quantity right now for the Browns is Jakeem Grant. Um, Barry and Stefanski both last week uh, have said that he's you know, in, in a good spot. Uh, Aren't you excited to watch him play? I want to see him play. Yeah. He's healthy. I think he can help this team. I mean, if he's healthy, look, I think he's the best returner the Browns have had since Josh Cripps. There's no question about it. Hallelujah, brother. Hallelujah. It's good to hear that (laughs) because our return game has, I mean, special teams, it just feels like special teams haven't had the same zest. Um, Right. Especially knowing that we've had some, and I'm not, I'm not going to put it on the. But let's be honest about. It. I mean, Josh Cribbs is is a bit of a unicorn, right? I mean, right. Th- those type of guys don't come around often, um, and. But the, my whole thing is is. You should be. You got to get something out of the return game, and I think Bubba Bentrone will do a really good job. Whether it ends up being Jakeem Grant, whether they use. Uh, one of the receivers or one of the running backs, Andy, uh, to handle uh, returns uh, for whatever reason. Like, I just feel like Bubba Ventrone is going to find ways to squeeze yardage out of the return game. And, you know, for whatever reason, that's just something that never really materialized under Mike Prefer. I think Mike Prefer is a good special teams coach. I don't think he's a terrible coach. Just unfortunately, he didn't produce the results. And, and let's be honest about it. This is a results business. You and me, uh, our colleagues, we talk about the results. And Prefer did not produce results, which is why I was so critical of him because he is supposed to be one of the best special teams coordinators in the game, right? And, right. and he they, his units weren't producing. So, I, you know, the, 
it's kind of like the Cavs in the playoffs right now. Like I'm, I'm critical of the Cavs because I think they got a good team. It, it's not a perfect team, but you know, they shouldn't be washed out quickly by the New York Knicks in the first round. They're not playing up to their potential. So I'm going to be hard on them. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I had a conversation um, within the last week uh, with somebody high up in the Browns and my negativity came up in the, in the conversation. And I just said, Hey, look, I, yeah. Have I been brutally honest and tough on you guys since, you know, since uh, uh, there was an ownership change? Absolutely. Because there've been so many coaches and then putting the team together was a, was a cluster mess and the blown first round picks and, and that, and all the chaos that went on in the building. Well, now you've got a team that's put together and the team's not winning the last two years. Like my expectations is this team is good enough to win. And so I, yeah, I'm going to be really negative and, and, and hard on the organization when the team is not living up to those expectations. This is not a situation where we're bemoaning the fact that, I mean, Andy, we, we, we just spent five minutes debating what they're going to do with the fifth, sixth, and maybe seventh wide receiver spots, right? right. We, weren't, we weren't sitting here bemoaning and say, well, who the hell is going to be the number one wide receiver? And then once we figure out who's going to be the number one wide receiver, who's going to be number two? And then who's going to be the third guy? You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I think this is growth in the program. I think they're going in the right direction, but they got to put it together. And yeah. it's all, I mean, let's be honest. This all circles back to Deshaun Watson. If 100%. Deshaun Watson fails, man, it is going not going to be good for the next five years of this organization. It would, it, it, it'll cripple the franchise for another five, five <clears throat> plus years because of what they gave up to get them. And again, here's the thing. Like I don't, cause I don't have a problem with the trade. Like if you think you got your franchise quarterback, then that's that. I mean, that's the price you pay Here's Like I, I, I look at what the jets gave up to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And like Aaron Rodgers is on the back nine of his career. Hell I'd argue He's on the he's on the green on 18 right now. That dude went from 90% I'm retiring to oh yeah, let's go play for the Jets in the span of like 3 weeks. Okay? So for the Jets to give up as much as they did to get him, a guy who's literally putting out on the 18th green, whereas <laughs> like when I look at Deshaun Watson, I look at him, he's on 8, he's on 9. You know what I mean? Like he's he's in the middle of his career and my expectation is that this isn't that he performs at a level where this fully guaranteed $230 million contract he got will not be the last contract he gets from the Cleveland Browns. That's my expectation. Well, Daryl, I'll say this, that, I mean, if he's on that green, it's Carl Spackler, who's the groundskeeper, <laughs> right? <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be super honest about that. All right, Daryl, let's take a quick timeout. Let's come back. We'll continue on, but it's always game day in Cleveland. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about, well, uh, there's a makeover going on in Berea. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about this like anti-super, anti-draft is our anti-Super Bowl. All these things straight ahead on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Hey, Browns fans, Odyssey is doing something special for this year's NFL draft. Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenfer are hosting the 2023 Odyssey Draft Show. Join them on the first night of the draft. They'll talk with local experts from Odyssey podcasts across the country. I'll be joining them because... 
Well, let's be honest. I have nothing else better to do Thursday night. The Browns don't have a pick. So I'll help them. Uh, I, I don't know what Brown's analysis I'm going to provide as far as the draft goes, but uh, you'll want hey, to. He would have looked good at number 12 for the Browns. <laughs> he really would have. Leading up to the draft also, don't forget to check out Baldy's podcast in the huddle. He's got expert prospect breakdowns. The draft show starts Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Don't forget to listen on the free Odyssey app and watch on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Daryl, let's make a pact. It's always game day in Cleveland. Here's our pact. What okay. Houston's got the 12th pick from us, right? Yes. Uh, Here's no. the pact we're going to make. I think the 13th. It's, I forget. It's 12. <clears throat> All right. Let's make a pact right now, me and you. That we're not going to bitch and complain about whoever the Texans take. And how good that player is over the over their entire career. Okay. Are we going to make well, that pact? Well, it depends. Does does is Deshaun does Deshaun Watson do what we need Deshaun Watson to Doesn't do? Matter. Doesn't matter. The Browns got their guy. You can forget about the name on the back of the jersey. We are going to make a pact. If anyone would like to swear in on our pact, you can always hit us up on our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram. Daryl's dying so much. <laughs> I don't know if I can agree to this. Though. At Game Day CLE, you will not complain. Because if Deshaun Watson ends up sucking, which I don't think is going to happen, but I, I just we have to all, we have to explore all scenarios here, Andy, and nothing is guaranteed in sports. So if he ends up sucking, yes, I am going to bitch and moan about all the players the Browns did not draft. Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out on social media. I'm putting it out on social media, and you can sign it or not sign it. You will vow that whoever Houston picks at twelve, you will not follow them as if we lost. Um, that we lost Joe Montana or well, we how lost about Wayne one? Gretzky or we lost Michael Jordan. How about we will not one? follow. Had the Cleveland Browns went ahead and just kept the 12th overall pick in 2017 and drafted Deshaun Watson, we wouldn't have had to give up six picks to Boom. get. There you go. That's good. So we're not going to complain. Are you in? I, I. Yeah, but complaining is what I do. Nope, nope, nope. You have, I'm making you give up ground on this. Say I, Daryl. I, Daryl. I, Daryl, do solemnly swear. Do not solemnly swear. I'm done with you then. If you can't solemnly <laughs> swear that you will not bitch and moan about the number 12 pick for the rest of that player's career saying that they should have been a Brown. Well, if the guy uh, turns out to be a Hall of Famer, I'm going to be really upset, especially if Deshaun Watson isn't any good. Is this our anti-Super Bowl this year? Does anyone care? I've not had one person say, what are the Browns going to do in the third round? I, um, I have a lot of respect for my colleagues that actually do the mock draft thing. Um, I just, I can't put myself out there like that. And I don't study college football to the level that some of them do. Uh, Dane Brugler, uh, he, he comes up with the beast every year where he like basically does. Oh, a, we talked about a, him, man. That guy, a, a tape I, that guy needs a stake in a beer. By, by the way, Warren John F. Kennedy high school graduate. The Warren G. Harding Raiders, and you can listen to the Phil Anarello Show on 1440 WRRO, the talk of the valley. True? That is true. True. Uh, Me well, and you, hey, I worked in Warren. I know. You We. You and I uh, both worked at AM 1440 in Warren, Ohio. Spin the records out of the way. Push the bum away from the door I, I, when you I, walk I, back I in at 3 o'clock in the, the morning. Uh, I remember running down the spiral staircase and down the hall to the back to flip the transponders to run and then run back up to the studio, put it, put the pot and cue on the board, find out it's not there. Have to run back down the spiral staircase, down the hall, bang on the satellite receiver a bit, flip the transponders around some more. It was still working when I was there, Daryl. So I don't have that, any of these problems. <clears throat> I then, may have had I, the best part about it was walking into that radio station at like three o'clock in the morning, getting ready to go on at four or five. Maybe I walked in at five and 
went in at four, and there's only like one other fourteen forty in the world on that in signal at that point. In no, the, yes, it is. Well, it, okay, all, so here's, here's what I'm how saying. I know because one morning when I worked there, we blew them off the air. Our okay, so maybe that changed. That might have changed after I was there. Of an issue, and we we were broadcasting our morning show live in New York City that morning. <laughs> so I could hear, um, um, I could hear Sweden or Finland when I walked in in the morning, because maybe that station in Jersey wasn't a fifty thousand watt, was it? Or, I, I mean, we were low low power, weren't we? Yeah, we were like five thousand watt directional. Um, at Back to the Future Square, that's and, what I used and, to call it. I know, and and let me tell you, man. I don't know what wattage we were on that morning, but uh, as soon as we signed on, we I we got like two minutes out of our morning show. The phone rang. I answered the phone. Yeah, this is so and so from such and such in New Jersey. I just like to let you know that you have blown us off the air. <laughs> Did were they nice? Were they? Can you power down, please? Uh, we uh, power down immediately. Did the FCC get mad or no? No, no, Did no. They, we 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 were it was fine. quick. We yeah we we complied quickly and can you imagine sitting in the Bronx going good morning Warren what's going on how about those Raiders last night ooh we got a hot one today uh, the folks over in Poland are really uh, it's going to be fifty six degrees over there man yeah AM fourteen forty in Warren Ohio was once a legendary station but it's been ruined now by corporate radio so oh that's too bad I'm sorry to hear that now, um, I believe I believe the actual studios now are like a steakhouse or something is that true yeah. So they did have a really cool spot on the on the square. Yeah, that was so the awesome. on air the actual on air studio now is like the uh, <coughs> like the champagne room or the fine dining room. And so let I, me tell you, there was nothing champagne or fine dining about that air studio when I worked there. I was only there for like six weeks. Mark Dolan got me the job. Isn't that crazy? That's great. We were both at Kent, and he's like, "Hey, I'm doing Saturdays and Sundays there, and I can't do both days. Do you have a free day?" And it was in between college and working in Montana. And I was bartending and I just needed a gig. And I was like, yeah, let's go. So I just finished up with Channel 23. And then I, I worked there for like six weeks. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I got to go. I got a TV job in Montana. I'll see you guys later. And they were like, you're leaving Warren to go to Montana? I was like, yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah. Spinning these <laughs> uh, records, yeah. was, was, I, was, I was okay with it for that, a little bit. That was bit. back when it was solid gold oldies. For oh, TV, it was awesome. Right? Yeah. yeah. But And everything was on vinyl. Like, there were no CDs. Oh, I'm aware because there were there were three turntables in the studio when I worked there. And I was like, the hell are these things? And why are they in my way? (laughs) So there was a so when I went to 92Q before that, we used reel the reels, too. And then you had to no one. Anyone that understands I'm talking about probably somewhere like doesn't care. But anyway, so you had to take these China markers, which are these markers that make I I don't know if you know what they you peel them off and they think. So anyways, I I, one time. One time when I was at 92Q, I put too much China marker on the head of the reel to reel on a really expensive one. Oops. And I cut it and there was a little bit in there. It just needed a little alcohol to clean it off. But the guy who was on after me went ballistic, started screaming at me. Who put all the China marker in here to gook it up? And nah, nah, nah. And it was a promote, it was a very familiar voice around Northeast Ohio for years. So when when I worked at 1440. <laughs> Um, Eric Boland, who is the Yankees beat writer for Newsday Sports. Wow. He, was our, he was our sports director and high school play-by-play guy. Cavs Joe G, which if you go to Cavs.com, uh, he was one of our main producers at the station. Joe Gabriel? Yep. Wow. Uh, Joe the Optimist. 
and Dan McDowell, who's on the ticket in Dallas, he was uh, our morning show host. Nick Wilson, who does Afternoon Drive on 92.3 The Fan. I remember him when he was eight years old, and he's the main reason I don't have children. Um, Wait, he, he was he was jocking at 18? No. He, at eight? It, he, he is the son of my first boss, Big Jim Wilson. And so that, yeah, how about that? And Wait, that was Wilson. In, wasn't that Wilson and Brasia? No, Big Jim Wilson is oh. Nick's dad. Uh, who, oh, okay. He, he passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. Oh, I'm sorry. He was a wonder, wonderful, wonderful man. Okay, no uh, jokes on, the, on this part of the podcast. Keep no, it but um, yeah. So like I remember Nick running all, running around the radio station all the time as a little kid. And That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Now he's doing not a surprise. On, so. uh, nine, uh, 92.3 The Fan. Dave Denholm, big uh, national star oh, yeah. personality. He yep, was I know our, he's... He was one of our fill-in guys. Wow, that's crazy. What a station. And and Sports Boy Tony. Was a caller. Anthony Lima. Yeah. Used to call in all the time. Not a surprise. All right, let's go on to the two-minute warning. Here. Cool we have two minutes. That? Two minutes left in the podcast. Two minutes left in the podcast. Two-minute warning, which will now be a regular so- segment. Uh, let's talk about a couple of quick things. What's going on in Berea? Uh, they're remodeling for the hundredth time. They're getting a new roof and they're doing more work. The lobby's already been redone. Are so they raising the-, the roof in the field house? So they can no, 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 no. Oh. It's the roof of the actual building. The actual. Are they office. ever going to put a hundred yard field in there? Indoor? Probably, probably not. Not for a while. Um, it's crazy. High schools have hundred yard fields. Though. Well, they, they cost don't. like fifteen million dollars to do. So, uh, are you? Yeah. How about an indoor football facility for your football team that has to play on Sundays rather than redoing your second floor? How about just getting the weight room the hell out of it? But the old weight room now is the uh, recovery room. That's where the cryo chambers things. So where are they going to build a new weight room or no? Uh, They're working on a bunch of stuff out there. They they basically own half of Berea at this point with all the land that they. Yeah, they have room to expand. I don't. I'm (laughs) kind of surprised. I really uh, hope they they build a field house at some point here. Yeah, they they do need a a 100 yard field house. But uh, I I was I asked someone about it uh, last year, and they're like, "Yeah, football doesn't complain." Well, the NFL PA complained because if you saw the survey, that was one of the things they mentioned was that the field house is small because the weight room uh, takes up like 20, 20 yards of it, and it's not even a full field to begin with. So that's all right. I got forty five seconds left on my clock here. Um. What will the Browns do? Will they trade or will they not trade? I'll leave it at that. Yeah. The, Last yeah, question. The, the, I, I say the oh, I'm putting the over under it trades at two and a half for this upcoming draft. Two and a half. Will they move up from third round? They will not move up. I think if anything, they probably move back. Ooh, Daryl Ryder speaks. I agree. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Meredith Kane is our outstanding producer. We appreciate you being a part of the show, even if you have to listen to our WRRO stories. You can always get a hold of us uh, on social media, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Game Day CLE. Say goodnight, Daryl. Peace. We're out of here. It's always Game Day in Cleveland.